Yo, what's up, y'all? Uh, finally back. So, <laughs> this podcast and every podcast is actually brought to you by Claypot. Claypot is a Cantonese-style restaurant located at 58 St. Mark's Place in New York City. So go check that bitch out. Um, they're no longer on Grub Them Seedless, uh, but they do their own delivery now. So if you need your Claypot fix, just you can go either on Instagram and get the delivery done that way, which is I think is pretty cool because it's all like integrated and UH techie. But you can also just go on their website, www.claypotnyc.com, and there should be a delivery section there. So you can just order your food there. Um, if you actually choose to dine in, I believe Sunday to Thursday, you can just use code word 506 podcast and you can get a buy one, get one free for any two topping dish. So you can go and bring a father, a mother, a sister, a brother, your, your kids, whatever. You can pretty much get two clay pots for the price of one. So pretty neat deal. Today's guest on the podcast is my good friend, Joel. Uh, he works in the tech industry and we've actually been friends since around fifth grade. Yeah, wow, <laughs> long time. This podcast is focusing on AI and just a whole bunch of like wizardry that I just don't get completely, but really informative, really interesting and kind of quelled the general sphere of Oh my god, AI is gonna take over the world, you know. I feel like I got a better understanding of what it actually does and it's not as threatening, though I can still see potential use of it totally spiraling out black mirror style. Either way, it's a great podcast. And uh this one's actually done long distance, so my voice is kinda like sounds like a call. Um couldn't figure out the tech stuff and uh hopefully the next time it'll be more clear. And I figured you should probably hear what he has to say over what I have to say, because I'm not the one who knows AI or coding or computer stuff at all. <laughs> so, hope you enjoy. Okay, cool. That works. Um, yeah, so we're here to talk about AI. <laughs> okay. And... I, I know that you have like familiarity with actually working with AI, but for not really. Okay, cool. <laughs> you definitely know more about it than I do. I've talked uh, to people that know more about it than you do, and I okay. can pretend. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, because my understanding of it is is that like a lot of companies will often throw that out as like a buzzword or a keyword, but I'm pretty confident they're not actually using AI. So I guess uh, it depends. So AI is um, my, I, I took an AI class in college and my professor said that AI is the, it, it means the exact opposite of what it says. Because it stands for artificial intelligence. It's not actually artificial, like it is actually deciding things and doing things, but it's also not intelligent. <laughs> okay. Uh, so there's AI in like science fiction. It's kind of like, it's just a person inside a robot body. Yeah. <laughs> and the, nobody's, made anything close to that nobody's trying to make that nobody's on the path to make that oh uh, what what we're doing is it's sort of a, a a different technique to problem solving where instead of thinking really hard about how to design an algorithm to solve a problem you generate like a million algorithms randomly and you fi find a way to decide which algorithm works and then you use that one. Wait, you you just randomly generate them? 
well, it's smarter than that. It's not ra- it, like it can be smarter than just purely randomly generating it. But that's the oh, high level strategy. Is is we're gonna do the wrong thing lots of times in a we're gonna generate bad algorithms and have some smarter algorithm that can decide is the target algorithm working or not. Okay. Right. I remember we briefly talked about this, how yeah. it's not actually quote unquote smart, yeah. but it's just that like it can compute way more computations than a human can in a shorter amount of time frame. Yeah, and it doesn't get bored and and things like that. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. It, it, it's actually similar to, to how parts of your brain work, but it's not the whole story. Uh, it's very loosely inspired by biological processes. Okay. So then the, that specific phrase of like artificial intelligence is mostly just for high level complex computing, not necessarily of like replicating a human brain and making it like an Android in, in yeah, mass effect. Yeah. So, so like in like the seventies and eighties, people were trying to do that. Um, and they pretty much all gave up. Like I have a friend who's doing research and he was talking about trying to get funding for some kind of problem like that. Like, like, okay. So for example, like how Google, uh, hold on. Do you like re-edit the order of this or should I try to be structured? <laughs> No, it's it's whatever, man. We're just gonna okay. go. With it. Okay, so I'm gonna go off on tangents, but you. you that's keep perfect. Me. I love it. Most okay. people hate my tangents, but like that's ninety percent of how I talk. <laughs> okay, so uh, you you have to let me know if you're not following any point. Okay, so, gotcha. So the main topic would be the difference between like how a person thinks and how like modern machine learning AI things that we call AI think. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When you're translating from English to Spanish, right? Like if you have a human translator, they're right. going from English to like high level concepts and like they're built like visualizing whatever was said and the implications in the scene. And then they're coming up with Spanish words and sentences that would produce the same raw meaning. Right. Right. It's from like English word to abstraction yeah. to Spanish word. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And we tried to do um, our like language translation like that, and it never worked. <laughs> um, like 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 that that was the first step at trying to do language translation. But we've pretty much solved language translation nowadays with like Google Translate. Like mm-hmm. it's not perfect, but you can pretty much put in any thing written in another language, and you'll be able to figure it out through Google Translate, right? And so the way it works is it doesn't do that middle step. It goes directly from English to Spanish. Um, and the way it does that is it, for example, like it'll take Wikipedia pages that are written in both Spanish and English, and it'll look at what words um, usually show up together, like for the same Wikipedia article. Uh, about cars, there's this one word that means car in Spanish. I forgot my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that shows up about the same amount of time as car in English. So they're probably like mean the same thing. And it'll, it'll do first like a one-to-one translation of like pretty much if you just like looked up the definition of the word in the dictionary, like from English to Spanish dictionary. And it'll get all the words from English into Spanish. And then they're in the wrong order, right? So then it has... It's trained an algorithm to look at uh, Spanish words and decide if they're in a random order or if they are in the order that of like a real Spanish 
speaker would speak them in that order. So like you take a bunch of you take a bunch of like Spanish books and newspaper articles and that's your correct word orders. And then you take a bunch of gibberish that's being outputted by the translator and you build another program that's trying to decide is it from the translator or is it from the articles and the truth stuff. And then you keep tweaking the translator until it can fool the picker. And you keep tweaking the picker until it can figure out the difference. And they play off each other until the picker can't tell the difference between anymore. And the translator is outputting something in a reasonable order. Wait, so is the, the picker and the translator, like those two functions within the like Google Translate, are those... Like that's always happening whenever I, I translate something from one language so, to another. So the picker, the picker isn't doing anything live. Um, the picker was just part of the training process of the translator. Okay, and then these are all like code, right? It's not like a physical human. Yeah, and they're they're code, and they're also like like these randomized algorithms, right? Okay. So it's an so, algorithm that you can that that can tweak itself and see if it works better or not. So it's almost like its own little microscopic kind of like Turing test where it's trying yes. to test yes. good enough to pass and yes. like, yep, it, there's... Yep. Yeah, Turing test is a, is a fabulous example of that. That kind of, it's a, kind of like a tautology. Like, people, like, if you can pass the Turing test, then you're smart, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Um, if you can convince everybody that is smart, that you're smart, then you're smart. And so that's that's sort of the high-level philosophy of these things. That's yeah. That gets a little squirrely. I mean, I don't know if I trust that. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> but I mean, it's sort of <laughs> so. Like people have like Turing tests, like competitions, which are all bullshit, right? Because they're not actually trying to convince somebody that they're smart. They're trying to like trick somebody into thinking they're smart. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm sure. Have you? Have you? Are you familiar with those? No, I didn't even know this existed. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So so every so often, there's someone writes an article of like we beat the Turing test. But yeah, it's a cool thing. So they have, they have like a convention, like a competition, where people show up, and you can show up as like a judge or as like a competitor. Um, if you're a competitor, you bring a chatbot. If you're a judge, you um, show up and you talk to people. You talk to chatbots through a computer. Yeah. Um, but there are also just regular people. Right. As a control. Yeah. And you get a prize if you are the chatbot that convinces most people that they're a person. Like at the end of the conversation, someone has to push like per people or a robot. Whoa! And so, Wait. And so you get a you get a prize if if you convince most people that you're a robot that you're a person and you're a person, or if you convince people you're a person and you're a robot, or if there's another prize if you are a person and you convince people that you're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so that there's a most human human, a most human robot, and a most, at least human human. <laughs> yeah. These are all prestigious prizes. Yeah, so it turns out you can pretty much convince somebody. You can build a robot that will convince people that it's not a robot. Um, and this, it sounds like, I mean, if there's multiple competitions, it sounds like there's there's definitely a lot of different kinds of chat boxes that can actually yeah. trick yeah, your but, average. 
Yeah, but it's not real because it's it becomes like a meta competition because you're not you can't convince somebody that you're a ro that you're a human, but you can convince somebody that you're a human that's pretending to be a robot, <laughs> right? Okay. Or like like one oh. <laughs> like like one one team that won with the robot, like they pretended to be a human that doesn't speak English. Okay. It said like I'm a 14 year old Ukrainian boy that came to this convention, but it's like the Turing test itself, like the that Turing came up with, is sort of inherently true. Like if you could talk to something for 10 years and think that it's smart, then it doesn't matter if it's smart or not. Because you believe it's smart. Yeah, but we're nowhere near that. Like we're not we're not trying to make that. As as far as I know, nobody's trying to make that. Okay. Yeah, I feel like. That's just ten years of deception instead of like utility. <laughs> no, I mean because it have to have utility. Like because you could come up with tests to, to, to have to be useful. Like, 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 like if something could convince you that it's a person for ten years, then you could just say, "Okay, do my job." Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then it has. Okay. Right, right. Okay, so they go hand in hand. Yeah. Cool. Um, what are some applications of like the correct term of like AI that that we can do now? Uh, the correct term. I mean, like yeah. not. So you know, so like, so like body, like, yeah. So like, oh, it's like what's like what's all the buzz about? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So the buzz is about um, convolutional neural networks. Okay, can you break that down? <laughs> um, so they're inspired by, they're they're a way of the doing that like kind of randomized programming stuff. That's inspired by how like the human eye is set up. Mm -hmm. And long story short, we've pretty much solved computer vision, which was an open problem for a long time. Um, okay, what do you mean by computer vision? Like a computer so, so, can so a computer can look at an image and see that there are people and there are that's a speaker and that's a water bottle and that's a stop sign and that's a house. We've solved that. Okay, wow. Um, and so that's that's why there's this huge boom around self-driving cars now it's like a race to oh because now I'm... it's just about the sensors because if you think about driving driving is like the, the perfect problem for modern machine learning because it's not like it's it's not something that actually takes like complicated decision making like when you're right. driving you have to be focused but have you ever like been driving and then 10 minutes later you're like wait a second was i driving just now yeah, you kind of zone out because it's yeah. like monotony. You're not really like yeah. deciding like I'm gonna follow the next thirty feet. You're kind of just on like a detection kind of yeah. network, thinking like I'm just gonna wait until the deer jumps in front of me and then I'm gonna hit the brakes. Yeah, and and if if something happens, you'll snap out of it in an instant because you are actually focused, but you're not doing your brain isn't doing anything related to driving besides just watching the road. And so like those kind of tasks that people can do just on instinct are like the perfect thing for modern machine learning that's what's being gobbled up um because it doesn't even have to be that good of a driver like the core algorithm because it can get like like imagine like the the dumbest person you know if they spent 300 years driving okay yeah like they could figure <laughs> it out right i hope <laughs> I, not the dumbest person you know but like yeah you know I I get mean? What... yeah yeah, that's definitely one of the, the advantages, like, um, 
I mean, I never really fully conceptualized the advantage of like being able to condense like 300 trials in like one minute. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's mostly being used for detection. Yeah. And so those same kind of things that, um, do you know the game go? I probably should. Sounds familiar, but I'm trying uh, It's like, it's like chess. Um, but with a bigger board, it's like an Asian game and single stones. Um, it's like chess, but like a 17 by 17 grid. So it's way. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so for a while it was like, we thought we were 20 years out from solving go. Uh-huh. And then like just one day someone, uh, I think it was actually Google that just published a paper. It's like, Oh, we can now like before you couldn't beat a human player at go, like anybody that knew how to play with a top AI. And within the, then they just they now beaten the best player um and that was all with just relying entirely on like convolutional neural networks um because for a game like that like, like for chess less so you look at the board and you kind of have like a gut feeling about what what's interesting where you should move and like that's the kind of processing that computers are getting really good at yeah i've heard that the computers that now can like beat the top chess players they do a lot of moves that like the top chess players don't even think like you should do yeah like it's so out of, out of the box of like what is like normal strategy that they're just like wait what <laughs> yeah so so that's actually a different thing um oh. so so we solved chess earlier because chess chess you can solve because it just has not actually that many moves to make um yeah, so, so we came up with really good algorithms to look at every move that you could make for like six moves in advance. And that was the computer that beat Gary Kasparov. Um, and computers have just gotten faster, so you can just look more moves ahead in chess. And that's why you get the really weird moves with the chess AI. It's not just looking at like all moves that seem reasonable, it's just looking at all moves. Oh, wow. But okay. like 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 for six moves ahead, right? But every like it's like, what if I sacrifice this piece? What if I sacrifice that piece? What if I sacrifice this? six pieces, right? It's just checking everything. How does it know to calculate, like which one is best? Like, is it going to be calculated by like percentage? Like, this is most likely to be the safest. Yeah. Um. So the early stuff. So you have a that's called the heuristic. So, do you know like? when you're scoring chess, like a bishop's worth yeah. three, a knight's worth three. Yeah. So, so the first heuristics were just, you just add up the pieces on one side and the pieces on the other side. So you look six possible moves in advance. Um, and then you assume your opponent's doing the same thing. And you project all of the possible uh, future board states. And then you pick the one that you have the most points on. And you make the move that goes towards that board state. Is that the like the current way that? Well, so so then now that heuristic instead of just adding up the piece totals, um, they they started making that more complicated. They'd say like, oh, like are you controlling the center square? Like, is your king in check? Like, you add a bunch of more things to, into that, and then that algorithm is perfect for modern machine learning. So you you machine learn that algorithm. You you make a bunch of chess programs play against each other. 
and you have them each tweak that heuristic until you get one that wins against everybody else. So then when you say machine learning, is that this, well, let's just take the example of the chess yeah. computer. Is it altering its own rules and it's like almost like a set of values itself? Yeah. Saying that if I can control this centerpiece, then like I'm doing better. Or if it's like the less likely my king is to be put in check, the better that strategy should be weighed. Yeah, it's whenever you have a parameter in your program that you sort of leave it up to the computer to decide. And the computer can just write that itself? Well, no, no, that you, you do a training, a learning uh, run. <laughs> I'm struggling for the right word. Like, you you'd essentially set up a huge tournament where you play the computer against it, a million versions of itself over and over again. And each version of the computer, you have it tweak that parameter a little bit randomly. A little bit better than randomly, but for this conversation, randomly. Okay, yeah. So like a, and, a, a and large then, set. Yeah, yeah. And, and then whichever one wins, that's the parameter you use. Okay, but ultimately, is it the programmer, like the physical human being that says like, okay, this one is, is the one that's winning, so we're going to do that. Like you can't just have the machine and just be well, like, hey, I mean, you, I mean you, can, you can set up a program that takes the winner and plugs it in. Right? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it actually is, I guess, like, by definition, it is, like, learning, learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is learning. It's just not very smart. <laughs> yeah, okay. So what's your opinion on, on like, the, like, I know Elon Musk is, like, has said, yeah. you know, we need to dial back on the whole AI thing. And I get that because it's, like, once it clicks, it clicks. Like, everything's just, like, full run. But then I also know that, like, there's also been a lot of objection towards his, like, scare i guess you could call it because they're afraid that his public statement's going to make uh like research in ai get less funding because people are just going to be afraid of the technology instead yeah so that's so, so that there's a bit of a cult in silicon valley about okay. the, the doomsday doomsday ai cult right <laughs> and there's two flavors of whether we uh there's like a, a doomsday cult that elon musk is part of and then there's a like a messianic cult that people think that ai is going to save us but both of them are sort of not relevant because they misunderstand how, like, where we are. Like, like science fiction, when we were writing, like, Isaac Asimov was writing about robots. Those are just people in, in metal suits, because that's what we knew. But we are so far away from, like, saying that we're far away from making a... Uh, something like a person is I feel like even that's misleading because we're not even trying like it's it's like how far away were renaissance people from computers like they weren't even getting there wouldn't like the number I mean just the fact that like the machine can do like 300 iterations in like the time it takes for a human to do one like wouldn't it just get exponentially smarter uh, so I th so human brains are super fast Mm -hmm. uh, and complicated there we, we have this idea that computers are really fast because computers are really precise um, and they're fast at being precise which people are not good at uh, if you think about like you know like how big like an intel chip is uh, so and then you think about like how much like cooling needs to go in your computer like the fans that were going off in your laptop before yeah. cool that chip right and all the power that goes into that chip right um, and your brain has that probably denser I, I don't know you're the neuroscientist. 
yeah <laughs> at least as dense probably a, a factor of 10 denser uh like uh computations per per uh cubic inch than an intel chip and right and it is it the size of your whole skull and it's water cooled and it's chemically powered and it's all in parallel <laughs> and like computer chips have stopped getting faster uh since about like 2008 oh i didn't know that um what we have what we've been doing is we've been giving you more of them like you know like you went to dual core quad core eight cores and we can make them cheaper but um single core like the time it takes to do one execution after the other has maybe gone up like a factor of like four i think since like in the last 10 years when it's supposed okay. like before that it was exponential yeah that makes sense though i mean like we went from like yeah super slow computation to and uh, so there is kind of like a bottleneck why do you think that's the case though um it's sort of the other way around it's like why did you think that we would always be making them faster <laughs> oh so is it just that like it's fast enough and we just don't no, care to make it? no it's just like the the assumption that technology can always be made better is sort of a false we fooled ourselves into that because we happen to live at the time when technology sort of started right and at the start you you'd expect exponential growth because things play off each other but it, it, there's nothing like set in stone that that has to be the case and if you actually look at the major like advances in that like made computers faster i had this before i like took a class on it i had this vision that like it was all just the manufacturing process like got more precise every year right and we could like make things smaller and that does help but a lot of it is just like clever tricks to make things faster. Like, oh, so it's not actually making that Intel chip faster, but it's just more of a clever design to make it more efficient. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to stop doing some work that we didn't need to do, um, to parallelize some things that we weren't doing in parallel before, like that kind of stuff. Faster memory, putting it in the right place. Like at the speed of the Intel chips are crazy fast, <laughs> right? Like the speed of the distance between parts on that chip and in the, your computer matters because of the speed of light delay. Like, that's the level we're at. Oh, so we're, like, tapped <laughs> out on that. Yeah, yeah, like... Okay. Like, like, we can't, like... Like, if we built your brain out of Intel chips, like, it wouldn't work as well as your brain because it'd be too far apart. Oh. Like, like that's where we are. Okay, wow. I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah. <laughs> so then what... And then, I don't know if you know this, but then, like, the next hot thing is, like, quantum computing, right? Because isn't that faster, or am I just totally it's, making that? It's, uh, different. Like, you're getting, you're getting out of my area where I know things. Um, but quant as from what I know, <laughs> quantum computing is not... It's, it's controversial whether or not it actually works. <laughs> yeah, I've heard um, that. And even then, it's, like... I had some friends who were doing research on, like, what if we had a quantum computer? Then could we write software for it? <laughs> it's, it'd, it'd be faster at certain things. It's still not going to be faster at the kind of computations that are, like... So there's the idea of, like, like parallel processing versus, like, serialized processing. Right. That. Yeah, and so it's going to help you, like, with parallel stuff, because you can sort of, you can get parallelism out of 
the different quantum states. But if you have a task that you have to compute the next state from the previous state, having quantum states don't help you because they don't, you still need to wait a tick between each state. So yeah, that's constraint. Then at that point, it doesn't really matter. Like you might as well just do the Intel. Yeah, and, and people aren't betting on quantum computers. They're betting on GPUs. You, you know GPUs? No, I do not. So graphics cards. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so a graphics card is like the same kind of structure as like your Intel chip. Mm -hmm. um, but instead of having Intel chip, old days would have one really fast core. And then it would have, now, now it has like four, right? Four really fast cores. Um, whereas your GPU will have a hundred slow cores. Um, but the GPU core speed has been, we keep adding more and they've been getting closer and closer each core on it to the Intel chip, like the main chip speed. So you can't, you can only do tasks in parallel on the GPU. Uh, but one of the tasks that's awesome to do in parallel is the machine learning stuff we were talking about before. Yeah. Like if you're no. running that chess tournament. You all tied it all together. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why NVIDIA stock has like gone crazy because um, they went from making gaming stuff to now they're uh, training machine learning algorithms. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I made a narrative out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. As machine learning gets better, what, are, what is going to be like the next few things that, you know, maybe AI can kind of take over? I mean, like with self-driving cars, that's obviously really cool. I feel like there's still going to be some pushback because people like driving cars. <laughs> yeah, people like driving cars. The, not to downplay the AI part, like it's not an easy part of the self-driving car, but mm -hmm. there's so many other hard problems in that. Like it's hard to make a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Um, like you have all the sensors, you have just like... I don't know, there's so many technical problems. I'm having trouble picking out individual ones in making something like that. They can definitely do it, but yeah, it, just because we're not blocked on any specific technology doesn't mean that it's not a difficult problem. Like only Apple is making good smartphones these days, right? Like maybe really high-end Pixel phones. Um, everybody else knows how to make a smartphone. Sorry, my alarm went off to go to bed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't think the bottleneck is on the research right now. It's on the execution. When you use a machine that can like learn and detect faces, and like, oh, that's a dog, and that's a car, and I yeah. should avoid that, or whatever. Yeah. Is it checking with the internet, or is that something that's built into the actual? Uh, it depends. So modern smartphones have made a push to do that stuff on device. Um, so like the iPhone actually has a mini GPU in it now, a mini graphics card in it, mostly for, uh, for doing that kind of processing. So like, you know, like on an iPhone, like you can take a picture and it'll like blur the background. Yeah. The portrait mode stuff. Yeah. That's all. Yes. Yeah, so the portrait mode stuff is all AI on the, on the phone itself where it's detecting faces and people and blurring everything else. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, and just to, right. just to, to hammer it home, they, they train that the same way with a machine learning algorithm, with a convolutional neural network. They show it, 
a ton of pictures of, of just random things and they and a ton of pictures of faces and they get it to distinguish between the faces and the not faces. Huh. Okay, wow. Faces are really easy to uh, to detect because we sort of they sort of have evolved to be easy to detect. <laughs> um, I mean, even even with like facial recognition software, that's not necessarily AI, but it's like no, no, it is. Oh well, I mean, well, that's like pretty prevalent now, you know. So it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. That that's sort of the stuff that we solved. Yeah, that's like with convolutional neural networks, is like it turns out that you if you build sort of the structure of the like of your eye and you just build that out of code and it just kind of works 